Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Episode 7 of CCT, Choose Chalk Talk. Have a lot to talk about today. A lot of wild things happen in college football this weekend. Uh, just start off with the big loss is uh, number one, Alabama, going down to Texas A&M. Iowa stunning Penn State in a hard defensive battle. And other great games and great news. Oklahoma coming back. 21 points, the largest deficit in Red River rivalry history. Coming back and winning the game. A lot of crazy stuff went down this weekend in college football. As you know, we'll be covering it all. Running through the week. Getting ready for this weekend. And as you know, and some hot takes and some speculation in there as we always do. Maybe talk a little bit about the Heisman race as well. But uh, thank you all for tuning in, coming back. Seventh episode, it's kind of crazy. Seven weeks into the season. It's nuts. I remember running the first episode. It sounded horrible, but come a long way since then. And uh, appreciate all the feedback, all the support. Everyone returning, showing them the love and support every week. I appreciate it. And, you know, this community will only grow and grow. And, uh, yeah, let's get right into it. So, last weekend, like I said, we had a plethora of great games. Start off with, talk about the Oklahoma-Texas game, the Red River rivalry game. Great historic rivalry between two historic programs, Texas Longhorns and the Oklahoma Sooners. Game was at the Cotton Bowl, Jerry World, Cowboys Stadium, AT&T Stadium, whatever you'd like to call it. Place was jacked. Oklahoma going to the game was 5 and 0. Texas was 4 and 1. Oklahoma scraped out a victory. They won 55-48. And again, like I always say, the basketball league back at work, the Big 12. Nothing new there. The big news was is that Oklahoma was down 21 points in the game and they came all the way back on the coattails of true freshman backup quarterback Williams who replaced a Spencer Rattler who was benched and I'll get more into that in a second but those are the key highlights that pop off from the eye right away go over some numbers and stats for the game Oklahoma had two turnovers Texas had one uh, Oklahoma dominated in the rushing game they had 339 rushing yards Texas dominated in the pass games, had 388 passing yards. Rattler was benched, like I said. He threw two interceptions and was 8 of 15 passing for 111 yards. Again, Lincoln Riley said after the game, his main concern was why he benched Rattler and put in the backup Williams, who was a true freshman, by the way, was turnovers, two costly turnovers. And going back to Spencer Rattler, Going into the season, he was a Heisman favorite, this great prospect, could be a great NFL quarterback. This is the second year in a row he's been benched in the Red River rivalry game, which is their biggest game of the year, pretty much. It's them against Texas almost every year in that game, but also for the for Big 12 championship. So the fact that he's been benched in two years against Texas is kind of amazing. I guess he doesn't show up or he choked or just to plain out say it, he's overrated. Spencer Rattler is overrated. I will, I've said it on this program many times. He has regressed this year so much since last year. He look, does not look it at all. 
you better not come out of uh, college this year. You better stay a couple more years because he needs all the help he can get. I'll go on and talk about the man Williams, true freshman, 16-25, threw for 212 yards and two touchdowns. Man looked great. You know, obviously a little nerves there, but came in and led the biggest comeback in Red River rivalry history, which is insane. So props to him, shout out to him. Man balled out. Brooks, the running back, had 25 rushes for 217 yards and two touchdowns. Like I said, Oklahoma dominated the line of scrimmage, rushing the ball. And Marvin Mims, the wide receiver, had five receptions for 136 yards and two touchdowns. Those are some key stats for Oklahoma. Now switch over to Texas. Like I said, they dominated the passing game. Obviously, Oklahoma still had a lot more passing yards, but just a little less than Texas. Thompson, Texas's quarterback, was 20 of 34 for 388 yards passing and five touchdowns. Man, ball bat. At the end of the day, Texas, it ain't your quarterback's fault you guys lost. Man, 388 yards and five touchdowns. Their defense needs to wake, wake the hell up. They were up 21 points, and they blow it. Could have been a big win for Texas. Put them in the driver's seat, possibly to win the Big 12 championship, get a rematch with Oklahoma, but no, they, they lost. Again, Longhorns always seem to be back every year, but again, they only have two losses now for the season, which is, isn't bad, but they want to be relevant again. They got to start winning, winning their conference championship, et cetera, et cetera. Bijan Robinson, again, Heisman candidate now, possibly the front runner. 20 rushes for 137 yards and a touchdown. And the wide receiver Worthy had nine receptions for 261 yards and two touchdowns. Shout out to that man. That man balled the hell out. Awesome. Nine receptions, 261 yards, and two touchdowns. I need to say it again. That's kind of insane. Props to him. Again, overall, big horns down for Texas. Oklahoma, probably throwing a lot of horns down. Norman this weekend and around the AT&T Stadium, the Cotton Bowl, because Texas choked. Again, you're up 21 points. Your star quarterback's playing like shit. He gets replaced. The backup comes in and starts balling, but you guys can't hold a 21-point lead. That's horrible. Texas, get your heads on straight. That was an atrocious, atrocious loss. Next, switch over to the Georgia-Auburn game. Georgia was 5-0 coming into the game. Auburn was 4-1. Georgia handedly defeated Auburn 34-10. Georgia was undefeated. Auburn's 4-2. Georgia dominated this game. It honestly looked like men against boys. Yes, it was in Auburn. It was in Jordan-Hare. Crazy environment, but... Georgia just looked like they were in the driver's seat the whole game. They're cool, calm, and collective. Stetson Bennett, the mailman, looked pretty good. And that's saying much because last year when he played Alabama, he got his ass smoked. But this year, he's looked a little better in, in the big games. He's playing well so far. But again, I'm not impressed with Georgia's offense. Going over some numbers here, Georgia had no turnovers. Auburn had one. Georgia dominated the line of scrimmage like they always do. They had 201 rushing yards. Auburn had 279 passing yards. A little more than Georgia, but just highlighting that. Bennett, the mailman, was 14 for 21, 231 yards and two touchdowns. He also had six rushes for 41 yards. Again, look at props to the mailman. I've ragged on him a lot. I still will rag on him, but um, he, he showed up, played well in a hostile environment. I'll give it to him. Kudos to him. 
But again, I'm still not impressed with this Georgia offense. McConkley, their wide receiver, had five receptions for 135 yards and a touchdown. It's a great game. Kudos to him. White, the running back, had 18 rushes for 79 yards and two touchdowns, which is also beast. Again, Georgia is an old-school style of SEC football. They're going to run the ball. They have big, beefy boys in the line of scrimmage. Each guy probably weighing close to 300 pounds or more than 300 pounds, and they're going to run you over. Chew up clock, long drives, run you over, and just run you to death. And on defense, they won't get any yards. They, Again, beefy in the trenches, stuff your run. You can't run against them. And the D-backs are pretty scrappy as well. So they're literally built like an old-school SEC team. And again, we haven't really seen that in a while because of evolution of college football has become more offensive and defenses haven't been stout like they used to be but this georgia team is nasty i will give them credit Their offense is pretty good their defense is ridiculous honestly it's just ridiculous you haven't seen a defense like this and see 2020 maybe like maybe like eight nine ten years since some of the old bama lsu florida ohio state defenses back in the day but we shall see. Switching over to Auburn. Like I said, they had 279 passing yards. Bo Nix was 22 for 39. 224 yards passing. One interception. Hank Bigsby, their big running back, had 10 rushes for 28 yards and a touchdown. That is horrible. That means he had 2.8 yards per rush. Again, Georgia's defense is going to stuff the run. You're not going to be able to run against them. We'll see. SEC Championship if Alabama goes undefeated. Undefeated the rest of the year, does what they have to do. Georgia against Bama is going to be a bloodbath. Two big offensive lines, two decently big defensive lines. Yeah, we'll see. I'm still not impressed with Georgia's offense. JT Daniels is still up in the air about whether he's going to play this week. Kirby Smart said that um, it's still up in the air. He practiced a little more than he did last week, but... He's still not revealing anything, and who knows? He was slated as a starter against Auburn, but Stetson Bennett played. So we'll see. It's up in the air. But again, I'm not sold in the Georgia offense. We'll see. We shall see. The defense is ridiculous. Don't test that defense. They'll kick your ass. The offense, that's another story. Now switching over to the Iowa-Penn State game. You had the number three against number four team in the country. Iowa. And Penn State were both 5-0 going into the game. Iowa is now 6-0. Penn State is 5-1. So as you know, Iowa won 23-20. Just telling you there with the records. But um, hard-fought game out in Iowa. Again, tough place to play. Hawkeyes always got a great crowd. They have the great tradition of waving. The Children's Hospital that overlooks the field. One of the great traditions of college football. Iowa had one turnover. Penn State had four. And just looking at that, that kind of gives you a little synopsis of the game. No offense to Penn State. How do you expect to win the game with four turnovers? Uh, you, you can't. I don't know any team that has more than two turnovers and wins a football game, unless the other team has more. Like, you can't be doing that to yourself. That's just shooting yourself in the foot. The rushing, rushing and the passing yards are pretty even for both teams. So I wouldn't say, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't even highlight some of the yards because they were just almost identical. Like I said, a very hard-fought defensive game. Very back and forth, back and forth. Give you some numbers. 
Penn State Clifford, their starting quarterback, he got hurt in a shot to the midsection. Backup came in, threw two picks, didn't look good. But once he went out, it kind of kind of knew the game was was out of hand for Penn State. They couldn't really produce on offense. Clifford, when he was in there, though, was 15 for 25, 146 yards, and two interceptions. They also lost, Penn State lost one of the defensive linemen, P.J. Mustafer, for the whole year. He had an injury and he's done for the year, which hurts their defense. So Penn State, two big injuries, obviously their quarterback. James Franklin would not give any information on that this week. Did not say whether it was serious, whether he'll be back this week against Illinois. I think they have a bye this week, and then they'll be facing Illinois. But um, James Franklin was very uh, frank about it. Really didn't say much. Kept it under wraps. Switching over to Iowa now. Petrus, the quarterback, 17 for 31, 195 yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Again, I was good, but I'm not sold yet. They have... They're not going to have a tough regular season schedule. But they're going to have to play Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan, or Michigan State in the crossover. And I don't know if they can beat those teams. Again, I will say this right now. You want to, you want to say if it's a hot take or not. Sure. If Clifford did not leave that game, Penn State would have won. I'm sorry, Iowa fans. I'm sorry, haters of Penn State. It's true. If he didn't leave the game and get hurt, they would have won. Hands down. After he left, their offense really didn't generate much. And their defense just looked, you know, deflated. They lost their leader. So, again, you can call it a hot take. You can call it this, that. Again, Clifford doesn't get hurt. Penn State wins that game. So, Iowa, yeah, cruise the rest of your Big Ten West schedule. And, oh, yeah, beat up the Northwestern, the Wisconsin, the Illinois of the world. Just Get ready in Indianapolis when you play either Ohio State, Michigan, Penn State, or Michigan State. Good luck. Then if you beat them, then I'll say, okay, yeah, you're for real. But we'll see. A lot of football left. A lot of stuff's going to happen on the other side of the Big Ten. Like with those four teams, like I just said, Ohio State, Penn State, Michigan State, Michigan. They all have to play each other for the rest of the year. So there's going to be a lot of shakeups. And right now, Michigan and Michigan State are undefeated. Ohio State and Penn State both have one loss. So it's definitely going to get dicey as we go down towards the end of the season. Now, talk about the last game of the week. That was crazy, obviously. The number one team in the country, Alabama, losing to Texas A&M on the road at Kyle Field and Kyle Station, College Station. Alabama is now 5-1. They were undefeated going into the game. Texas A&M was 3-2. Was now they're 4-2. A&M defeated Bama 41-38. Before I get into it, Alabama dominated this game. They just blew it. They literally blew this game. And I'll run through the stats for you. Texas A&M had 379 total yards. Alabama had 522 total yards. They had 153 rushing yards and 369 passing yards. A lot more than Texas A&M. Each team both had a turnover. Getting to Texas A&M first. Calzada looked great back there. It was 21 for 31. 285 yards, three touchdowns and a pick. Wide receiver Smith had six catches, six receptions for 85 yards and two touchdowns. Again, 
College Station was going nuts. There was over 105,000 people there. Crazy environment. Like I say, everyone gets up for Alabama every week to knock them off. And I, I didn't talk about it last week. It was one of the games to watch, but I knew in the back of my mind. Another hard road game for Bryce Young on the road, SEC environment. Will he perform? And to be honest with you, Bryce Young showed up. It wasn't his fault they lost that game. Going through his stats, he was 28 for 48, 369 yards, three touchdowns and interception. He played well enough to win them that game. It was not his fault they lost that game. At the end of the day, you look at it, square it up any, any way. It was the defense fault they lost that game. More stats on the offensive side, though. Bijan, not Bijan, excuse me, he's the Texas running back. Brian Robinson Jr. had 24 rushes for 147 yards. Williams, the wide receiver, the transfer they got from Ohio State, 10 receptions, 146 yards, and two touchdowns. The man's a beast. He's been killing it this year. Again, John Mechie, you were supposed to be a star this year, but hasn't looked that good. Dropped some key passes over the middle. Got rocked a little bit. Williams has stolen the spotlight for Bama. The man's ridiculous. Catches everything. He's tough. Go up and get the ball. He's a burner. Kid's a star. Shout out to him. Again, the Alabama defense played like garbage. Hot garbage. Couldn't stop a nosebleed. First, you have in the beginning of the game, Malachi Moore, probably our best cornerback, best coverage guy. Gets a targeting hit on Calzada. I've watched it. The ball was completely gone, and he decided to come up with his helmet. If he just pushed him with his forearm, it would have been fine, but decided to lunge up a little with his helmet. And again, he didn't knock him to the ground. It wasn't anything crazy. He didn't kill him, but it's stupid. It's uncalled for. You don't need to do it. What, 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 what did he accomplish by doing that? He got thrown out of the game for targeting. That's what, he, that's what happened. And as a result... Move the safety down the cornerback on some plays, and they also moved, pulled in another cornerback, but he got torched. Two deep bombs, I remember watching. He got torched, absolutely, and they were touchdowns. The, it was the safety of the cornerback who came in. I think it was the safety who they moved down. And those two deep bombs, that they scored off of that. And if Malachi Moore is playing, I'm not saying they're not going to happen because who knows what would happen, but... It's ridiculous. Again, stupid, stupid penalties. And eight penalties, I believe, throughout the game. Shooting themselves in the foot. And you, you can't, you just can't expect to win if you play like that on the defensive side of the ball. The offense puts up numbers. Does Bryce Young plays good enough to win the game, but the defense lets him down. Again, Billingsley, I love the guy, number 19, the tight end slash wide receiver. But he dropped the go-ahead touchdown in the end zone. He got hit and he dropped the ball. You got to catch the ball, man. I understand you got jacked, you know, broke up the pass, but you're in a shootout and every possession counts and you you drop the ball and we got to kick a field goal. At the end of the day, man, it's just so many plays here and there. And again, I can go on and on, but Alabama lost. <laughs> played, played great. But at the same time, they played like garbage. So they did not deserve to win that game. AM, great win. Talking about that win for a long, long time. That is the first assistant Padawan, if you want to say, or former assistant to beat the master Nick Saban. 
He was 24-0 against his former assistants. Now he's 24-1. Good old Jimbo Fisher is the first assistant to beat Nick Saban. And it also breaks another streak of over 100-0 or something. The Alabama against unranked opponents. Now Texas A&M is ranked, obviously. But um, the Aggies have broken that streak as well. So again, is it detrimental to Alabama? Not per se, because they still control their own destiny. And I'll talk about that a little bit later. But um, we shall see. It could be a wake-up call for game. Uh, like I've said on this, this podcast, talked about it with this community multiple times, Alabama always has... In the years that they've won the championship, years they haven't won the championship. They've always had a wake-up call game, whether they lose or play really bad. And I honestly thought that was going to be the Florida game. That was earlier this year. But I guess, you know, the loss against A&M, we'll see if this is a wake-up call game. We'll see if they rebound. This week, again, getting into the games of the week, I'll just transition real quick. This isn't the biggest game of the week. This is more of like an honorable mention. But Alabama plays Mississippi State. Bama's ranked five. They're five and one, and they're in Mississippi State, who's three and two, unranked. It's on ESPN at 7 p.m. Eastern. Again, another crazy SEC environment. Their big thing in Mississippi State is cowbells. If you watch the game, everyone who stands is a cowbell and makes a ridiculous amount of noise. Decibels will be ringing in your ears. That's their thing there. They do cowbells. So we'll see. Bryce Young. On the road, hostile SEC environment. We'll see how he does. We shall see how he does. Another thing with Bryce Young. Please, just tuck the ball and run. He has been so hesitant to run with the ball. I don't understand why. The man has wheels. I understand you're trying to look downfield and sling the rock. Just tuck it and run. You're going to make guys miss. You're going to get yards. You can even run for touchdowns sometimes. So I need him to take his eyes downfield and realize... Before the pressure gets to him, okay, I can tuck this and run and just go. So we'll see. Bama's got to take care of business this week. If they lose, they're done. So we'll see. But now get to our real games of the week. First game that I caught my eye was Cincinnati against UCF. Cincinnati is 5-0. and They're the number three team in the country now. And they are home against UCF, who is 3-2. and They're unranked. That game is on ABC at 12 p.m. Eastern time. Again, all these teams and, you know, everyone complains, oh, it's the same four teams in the playoffs. Non-Power 5 schools get no representation. Yeah, UCF a couple of years ago claimed they were the national championships, national champions when Alabama won. It's all below. This year, you have Cincinnati, who's ranked number three in the country right now. They won the feed and win their conference. They will be in the playoffs. I guarantee you that. So, let's see. Again, they have a very easy schedule the rest of the year, so it's very possible. But if they lose, I, I don't want to hear anything about them getting in the playoffs. They shouldn't even be near. They should be, shouldn't be mentioned. So we'll see. That's a big game. Cincinnati's got to take care of business. Again, they have to win out in order to make the playoffs. With a loss, they're not making jack. Next, we have the two undefeated teams in the SEC. And you're thinking to yourself, well, Alabama ain't undefeated anymore. LSU ain't garbage this year. Is garbage this year. Auburn's not undefeated. Florida's not undefeated. So we have number one Georgia, who is 6-0 at home. The Hedges will be out against number 11, 
Kentucky, who's 6-0. And, and you'll say, Kentucky Wildcats are 6-0? and Is this basketball? No, this is college football, my friends. This is CCT. This ain't basketball. This ain't SEC basketball yet. Yeah, Kentucky's having one hell of a year. Shout out the Wildcats. They're 6-0. Again, who would have known they'd be 6-0? and Couldn't tell me. I thought they've had better teams in the past. But, hey, shout out to Kentucky. I really would love to see them pull off an upset. But, again, I'm being realistic here. It's in Georgia. Daniels might be back. Mailman might be playing still. But either way, I think the Dogs take care of business there. I guess giving me some picks. You want to hold me accountable. I say since you beat UCF, Georgia beats Kentucky. I think Georgia-Kentucky is a closer game than everyone thinks, though. I don't think they're going to ball them out. But we'll see. That game is 3.30 p.m. Eastern on CBS. We'll see what the dogs have to say for themselves. And the last game I really want to shout out, because a lot of the other games are just honorable mentions, is the Oklahoma State-Texas game. Oklahoma State is away. They will be in Texas. They're 5-0. and They're number 12 in the country. Against Texas, who's 4-2. and They're 25 in the country. That game is 12 p.m. Eastern time on Fox. You're saying, Chew, why are you highlighting this Big 12 game? Well, I am because Oklahoma State is 5-0. They're the only, unde- the only other undefeated team in the Big 12 besides Oklahoma. So you may say, wow, that's kind of nuts. Oklahoma State's undefeated? So is Oklahoma? Yeah, it's nuts. So if Oklahoma State is going to challenge Oklahoma for the Big 12 title, Cowboys better... Get a dub in Texas this weekend. They better horns down. Longhorns, real good. Again, a lot of stuff going on. A lot of shakeup here. Like I said, the Bama game is also a great game to see if they can win. Michigan also. They want to stay undefeated. All these other teams. Iowa's playing Purdue. Iowa wants to stay undefeated. They got to win. There's a lot of other games of the top teams who are playing not-so-good teams. And we'll see if they win or not. But again, that's just them taking care of business. That's why I really didn't highlight them specifically. And last but not least, I want to talk about some playoff matchups, possible possible shakeups going on. So right now we have the poll, top 25 in the AP poll right now. We have Georgia, number one, who's 6-0. Iowa, number two, 6-0. Cincinnati, number three, 5-0. Oklahoma, number four, 6-0. Bama, number five, 5-1. Ohio State, number six, five and one. Penn State, number seven, five and one. Michigan, number eight, six and oh. And so on and so forth. That's the top eight in the country right now. Let's say this. Let's just talk about the teams we can control. If Oklahoma wins out, they beat, let's look at who have what they have left on their schedule. They'll play home against TCU this week. Then they're at Kansas, home against Texas Tech, at Baylor, home against Iowa State, at Oklahoma State end of the season. They beat all those teams who, I guess you want to say, who's a hard game for them. TCU at home this weekend will probably give them a run for it. At Baylor later in the season. Iowa State, I couldn't tell you. Who knows what Iowa State will show up. And then Oklahoma State in Oklahoma State, last game of the season, that's going to be hard. So they have two, possibly three games, hard games left. But if they win, they go undefeated. I won't say they're shooing, but they're right there. Next, we'll go Cincinnati. Cincinnati is now 5-0. They have a big win against Notre Dame. 
home against UCF, at Navy, at Tulane, home against Tulsa, at South Florida, home against SMU, at East Carolina. Cincinnati, if you don't win your damn conference, you suck. I will say it right now. You might call it a hot take. The AAC, American Athletic Conference, your conference is trash. You better win your conference. You better win every game. If if, if they're not 13-0 and when by playoff time, Good luck. You're not making the playoffs. But if they go undefeated, they're in. So you can call them a shoo-in if they go undefeated. So Oklahoma, if they go undefeated, it's it's they're, they're on the cusp, I will say. They're a probable. Not definite, though. Cincinnati goes undefeated, they're in. Cincinnati has a loss, no way, Jose. Oklahoma has a loss, no way, Jose. Sorry. And the other two teams right now, Georgia and Iowa. If Georgia goes undefeated, they will play Bama, most likely, if Bama decides to play up to what they can play up. And they decide to um, take care of business the rest of the season. It will be Bama against Georgia in the SEC Championship game. If Georgia beats Bama in the SEC Championship game, goes undefeated, they'll be in. No ifs, ands, or doubts about it. So if they go undefeated the rest of the year, they're in. If Bama upsets Georgia in the SEC championship game because, again, I think Georgia will still be the favorite in that game. Georgia will be on the cusp. And obviously, if Alabama wins out and they beat Georgia, they're in. I don't care what anyone has to say. They'll be in with one loss. It'll be their conference championship, and they'll beat Georgia. And they have other good wins against Florida, Auburn, et cetera, et cetera. And then that leaves Iowa now. Iowa... They should win the rest of their schedule. They have home against Purdue at Wisconsin, at Northwestern, home against Minnesota, home against Illinois, at Nebraska. So you can say Wisconsin, Northwestern are maybe two tough games, if that. So two tough games possibly. And then the crossover. So if Iowa goes undefeated and they win the Big Ten, they're in. But if Iowa loses to a Ohio State, a Michigan, a Michigan State or a Penn State in the conference championship game. They will not be making the playoffs. I'm sorry, Iowa, the Hawkeyes, you can pack it up. They're not making the playoffs if they lose. If they have one loss, they will not make the playoffs. So you could have, we'll sh- just shout it out right here. You can have an undefeated Cincinnati, an undefeated Oklahoma, a one-loss Bama, and a one-loss Penn State Ohio State, Michigan, possibly making the playoff. And, or you could take out Oklahoma and maybe put in a one-loss Georgia. But if that all goes, so Cincinnati goes undefeated, they're in. If Bama wins the SEC championship with one loss, they're in. If Penn State wins the Big Ten championship, Ohio State wins the Big Ten championship with one loss, they're in. That's three teams right there. The fourth team could either go to an undefeated Oklahoma or one-loss Georgia. And again, you know my decision. I put in the one-loss Georgia because Oklahoma just should be banned from the playoffs. And that's not a hot take. That's a fact. They suck. Their defense is trash. They play in the basketball conference. They don't deserve to be in the playoffs. They need to be banned for five years. But again, we'll see. There's a lot of other moving parts. If an undefeated Michigan or Michigan State wins the Big Ten, then they're definitely in. Again, so many moving pieces. But I guess it hinges on it's probably going to be the conference champion of the Big Ten. Cincinnati, the conference championship, the SEC, and then that last fourth spot, 
Do you put a one-loss SEC loser, meaning Georgia, because Bama loses two losses, you're not in. So do you put a one-loss Georgia or an undefeated Oklahoma? That's what it's going to come down to, and that's what the committee is going to have to make. And that's going to be a hard decision for them, but we shall see. We shall see. Again, appreciate all the support, all the feedback. Love the great community and family we have here. This has been CCT. Another great episode. Let me know what you think. Send me an email. Give me some feedback. Those of you who have my number, know me, call me, text me. Let me know what you think. Love doing this every week. Love giving back. Love shouting out the community. Talking about the favorite sport in the world, college football. Nothing better than it. So again, hope you tune in. Keep it up with each episode. It's all up on Spotify. Definitely give it a listen. Next week, I'll probably be doing another episode of A College View and College Football. So tune into that next week. And uh, like I always say, you know, everyone, thank you for showing up. Tune in. Love y'all. And uh, everyone, be good. Be safe. God bless. And uh, deuces. Peace.